See, it all started one day when I was walking down the street. I look left and I look right thinking, how can life be so nice? Moar cuts it back, lays it off. We and two for New Mexico United. Patience from Moar, lethal from Weehan. You're listening to The Curse Cast with David Carl and RJ Montano. David and RJ will take you through the latest recaps, news, and interviews from around New Mexico United Soccer. You can shoot us comments or questions at The Curse NM on Twitter, The Curse New Mexico on Facebook, or email the show at thecursenm at gmail.com. And now a part of the Beautiful Game Network and recorded from the studios of ESPN Radio 1017 The Team, here's David and RJ with The Curse Cast. Hello and thank you for tuning in to the CurseCast. I'm RJ Montano alongside my co-host David Carl and we are back after a week off and we have a lot to cover, David. Yeah, we took a, for the first time in our history, took a week off. It was a busy week, Cinco de Mayo. We had a lot to plan for one hell of a tailgate. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but uh, happy to be back here. We've got a lot to talk about, as you said, both uh, looking backward and looking forward. Uh, let's get right down into it. I let's- mean... Let's start with uh, what happened on the pitch before we get to the tailgate, which is great. Yeah, let's talk about this. Uh, on the pitch, we're looking back, 3-0 win over San Antonio on Cinco de Mayo in front of more than 15,000 New Mexico United fans. David, what were your thoughts on this? Well, uh, 15,000 fans are great. Don't get me wrong. The numbers are awesome, and we are thrilled to have everybody out there. But the most important thing is coming away with the three points. Those, that's really all that matters. And United certainly did that. Uh, three goals, 3-0 three victory, and three points to take home. Um, you know, very early, but at the top of the table so far. Important not to get ahead of ourselves on that. But it's nice to be nice to be at the top of the table, the Western Conference table uh, at this point. Um, and and they played well, I would say. And, and Coach Lassane, I'm echoing his statement. Um, Coach said uh, that this was the most complete 90 minutes that the, the club has played, the team has played. I agree with that. Um, you know, there there were very limited lulls, uh, especially defensively. I think our guys played really well pressing uh, pressing that defensive line up. Um, and I was I was impressed. It was really really great to see. Yeah, it was fun to see, and they were aggressive from the get go. Uh, Santi Moore had Moar had had nearly a, a strike in the second minute. Yeah, uh, he, he he keeper made a great save. Uh, Cardone yeah. made a great save, and that kind of set the tone for that first half. Yeah, again, that, as you said, that was the second minute, like a, a minute and forty seven seconds in some something like that. Um, and it wasn't long until United were on the score sheet. Uh, Kevon Freider did a hell of a job bringing the ball down uh, from the right side, kind of drove in toward the center of the pitch and in toward the box, uh, went around two defenders before finding a streaking Devin Sandoval open in space, uh, streaking down the left side. Uh, Devin uh, sent it home in the ninth minute, and, and United have a 1-0 lead. Yeah, that fancy footwork by Kevon was just fun to watch. I think that's a little bit underrated. Devin got the score, but... Kavan did a lot of the work to get it down there. Yeah, absolutely. And again, uh, that's just the ninth minute. So, uh, you know, everybody's excited to have an early goal, um, as always. Uh, but I would say um, probably starting around the 20, maybe 27th, 28th minute, um, that was the first time uh, that San Antonio had some sustained possession. And I say possession, not pressure. They held the ball. But United did a great job, I would say, particularly in the midfield, of making them uncomfortable. The high press from the strikers was great, but the midfield really followed up. Um, and and yes, San Antonio, I don't know what the final stats were. I haven't checked on the final stats. I would imagine there's a chance that they may have actually had more possession than United, even though United won 3-0. 
But possession without pressure means nothing. And United did a fantastic job at, at keeping uh, San Antonio in check. It was great. It's 51-49 in favor of San Antonio. So that's Think about that, though. You win by three goals and you don't win the possession battle. That shows you how useless possession can be on its own. That stat doesn't mean anything on its own if, if uh, uh, the team that has less possession is enforcing their will, which I felt United did. Yeah, it seemed like United was in control the entire 95 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we go into halftime, 1-0 up. I had a couple more opportunities late in the first half, um, none of them actually making it home. But uh, So 1-0 into the into halftime, um, and then shortly after half, uh, well, not shortly, I would say about 15, let's see, 59th minute, Bees gets his first of two goals, um, and then four minutes later gets his second. A brace for Bees over the course of four minutes, and it puts United up 3-0. Um, the, 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 his second goal, the third overall, much more of an individual effort. He streaks in. Uh, frankly, I thought that uh, San Antonio's back line was lazy on this play. Um, Bees takes advantage of that, streaks in from the left side, uh, goes one-on-one with the keeper, and has the, the calmness and the awareness to lift that ball just off the ground a little bit um, and go to the back post because I think most players um, would just have tried to slot it low home. Uh, he lifts it up, which goes over the leg of Cardoni or Cardone or however you pronounce his name, um, and goes into side net on the far post, and it's 3-0 at that point. And, and as we've said a couple times on this show, uh, Isotopes Park, the lab, loses its mind. Yes, it was nuts. It was fun. I I was... I don't, I don't know where I was. I was in cloud nine. I was having a blast watching this happen, just tear apart a team with that many fans, especially with the pregame festivities that we had. So uh, let's talk about that second, or I guess the, the, the first Weehan goal. Yeah. Uh, it was Kavon Freider again, mm-hmm. sets a perfect ball for Weehan, and Weehan just takes advantage of it. Yeah, and I, this is something um, that I think is criminally underrated. You know, we've talked at length about Santi Moir and Kavon Freider's ability to score. Uh, they've done a great job. They're both second in the tie for second in the league uh, with seven goals apiece. Um, tied with Luca Lobo on that, um, which is great, and and they should be praised for that. But their ability to distribute is, in my opinion, criminally underrated. Uh, both of these guys uh, pass the ball beautifully, and, and what I think Santi and Kavan both do really well, even more so than than their ability to distribute, is their ability to bring players to them because of their scoring prowess. Obviously, players are going to uh, defense it. Defense, excuse me, defensive players are going to double them down, triple them down at times, as we've seen with Santi. Um, they're going to they're going to draw players to them, and the ability of these players to know when those players are coming, know when the defenders are coming, draw them in, and then find an outlet, as they did with Bees on that second goal, as Kavan did with Bees on that second goal, uh, is is so important um, because if you're just one dimensional and you're just a goal scorer, teams can account for that. Um, but the versatility of Kavan and the versatility of Santi and Devin deserves a lot of credit for this too. Um, ability to distribute, ability to draw defenders and know when to lay off is, is huge. And when, while we're on the topic of versatility, I mean, Bees, he starts off on the right side, does a great job there. He's getting a lot of pressure. He's quick. Um, but then I want to say maybe the 55th minute, about 10 minutes after half, Sub comes on, uh, Brucey comes on, goes to the right side, that moves Bees in towards the center. Um, and again, we're talking about versatility. His ability to play the ball in the center, he's a completely different player on the right side and on the center. They're both good players, We hand on the right, We hand in the center. But it's just different. And his ability to create in the center, to find those pockets of space, um, and, and take on defenders one-on-one, it's really nice to see. I mean, I feel like a glutton saying this, but... The offensive options feel really nice right now. And again, it's so early in the season, and we can't get ahead of ourselves. But to have guys like Kev and Dev and Santi and and Bees all clicking, 
it's dangerous, man, and it's exciting. It is very exciting, and, and there's about three or four possessions where Santi kind of brings down the ball, mm-hmm. and he draws those extra defenders, but before he draws those defenders, I feel like, Santi, you need to be a little more selfish and take the shot. <laughs> there was take the one. shot. There's a couple of them yeah. that Santi, I believe, would have scored. So, yeah, there was a point, I think, 60-something minute. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I agree with you wholeheartedly. Santi's bringing the ball down the left side. He's got Kavan in the middle of the pitch, and he's got a goal in front of him, and he's trying to be unselfish. And credit to him for trying to be unselfish. But at that point, I was like, Santi, you gotta take the just shot. rip it, man. <laughs> I wanted to see him score. Yeah. I wanted to see him get his eighth goal. Um, you know, again, credit to him for for landing off for his teammate. You know, both of those guys are great goal scorers and, great and teammates great, too. Exactly, great, great teammates. Uh, but yeah, there's sometimes where you're just like, oh man, shoot the damn just, ball, just kick it, come on. Yeah. Uh, so it's the 75th minute. Brucey comes in for his debut, there you go. replacing Santi, and uh, what a hell of a job Brucey did. Yeah, I and. It, it's not just his debut for the club, but professional debut. The man's never played a minute of professional football before this. So, uh, incredibly impressive. Um, a guy who I think will make a big, big difference. And and this goes to what we've talked about a couple weeks ago when Kenny Akamatsu made his, his debut. You know, we've had three guys who had some visa issues and it took some time to get them going. Um, Kenny made his debut a few weeks ago. I thought he did a really great job. Um particularly in tight spaces, uh, which is something that maybe we struggle with at times. Um, and then Brucey comes in, and, and he's a speed demon. He's young. He's great. And so now I'm just excited to see Ethan Sampson come on. I mean, he's the last of our guys who hasn't made his debut yet uh, as far as like kind of the visa situation. Um, that's all cleared up um, from what we've been able to tell. So if and when he can make his debut, I'm excited to see it because uh, he is he's – Seems like he'd be a beast defensively, and I'm very excited to see him on the pitch. So great to see all of our players finally on the pitch, too, mm-hmm. after all this. Um, so uh, in, in, the, in the match, when Brucey was playing, uh, he drew a defender that was almost twice his size. Yeah. And he just frustrated that defender, and that was fun to watch. It was He, he was kind of everywhere. He, he might have not I – I think Brucey had a step – too slow, yeah. But, but from I don't remember who his defender was. Uh-huh. But watching him just frustrate that defender because he was there on each side. Anytime the defender tried to do something or take the ball away, yeah, Brucey was somehow there. That was fun to watch. Yeah, and again, uh, Troy Lassane is is spoiled for choice here. I mean, yeah, you've got you've got to play some of these guys and and not play others. And uh, obviously, you know, you've got three subs in a match, but it's 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 a good problem to have to have all this uh, offensive talent. And again, uh, I. I <laughs> spoiled for choice. It's a great thing here. And, and it's super early, and you never know, knock on wood, what injuries can happen or, or what can happen over the course of a season. There's a ton of time. Um, and But, man, I'm enjoying it so far. It's been a lot of fun. And a lot of credit, I think, needs to go to our defensive guys, too. Uh, and our, I was so impressed uh, with everybody getting back. Um, you know, it's it's easy to say when you've got a 3-0 lead, obviously. But uh, I saw Kavon getting back um, defensively. I saw Santi getting back defensively. Dev getting back defensively. Um, and then our, our back line, Suggsy, Sam Hamilton played fantastic in this game. And Rashid has been a, a wall since he got on the pitch for the first time. Um, I've been so impressed uh, with our back line, especially over the last few weeks. It started off a little slowly. Uh, we conceded some goals early on. Um, the Phoenix game comes to mind in particular of, of goals that maybe we shouldn't have allowed. Uh, but I feel like, um, and we'll talk to Zach Prince about this in a little bit. I feel like the defensive line, the the back, the guys in the back have really come into their own, um, and I'm impressed. It's been great. Yeah, it has been. Manny Padilla was a pest on the field this week, so it was fun to watch uh, that whole defensive unit just kind of click. Now they're they're it, it, it's they've come together. We've been waiting for this to happen, and it's yeah. finally here. The offense is clicking. The defense is clicking. Let's just hope this keeps going because we've got a. Uh, uh, 
big schedule ahead of us. But before we get to that, David, we had one hell of a party this weekend. <laughs> yeah. So uh, pregame, uh, for those of you who are living under a rock, uh, we had uh, the biggest tailgate party of the year. It was a lot of fun. We teamed up with the uh, New Mexico, I mean, excuse me, the Albuquerque Hispano Chamber of Commerce, uh, Garcia's Kitchen, Doral Motors, Albuquerque Tents, uh, New Mexico Street Soccer, uh, Dia de los Tacos. Oh, those tacos—they <laughs> were so good. But we had we had just it was it was an awesome experience. Everybody coming together, uh, hundreds of people at this tailgate, um, just having a blast. Great music, great food. Uh, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. It was a, a lot of fun. We had three bands mm-hmm. uh, face painting. The Somos Unidos guys brought out their first edition of their yeah, uh, Somos Unidos news. newspaper, which is really incredible. They did a hell of a job there. So shout out to those guys. And there was a little bit of star power in our tailgate. Oh, but yeah. Not, and I'm not talking about Peter Trevisani. Hey, oh, who has it? The uh, season 15 winner of The Voice. And on New NBC Mexican. And New Mexican. Chevelle Shepard was tailgating. She's now a member of The Curse, mm-hmm. which is really cool. So yeah. that was fun to hang out with her. She's a. Uh, Man, she's, isn't she a sweet kid? She was so nice. And, and you said this to me during the tailgate, and I thought it was as funny and accurate. She doesn't know she's famous. No, she doesn't. She's, she's so down to earth and friendly and nice. She was great. She had a great She had a great demeanor, and, and we, had a, we had a lot of fun hanging out I think out she had her. a great time, too, because she went and had some tacos with us, her and her family, and mm-hmm. then she went and got her face painted at the face painting area. Face paint arena. She was great. Yeah. Juliana, uh, shout out. Huge shout out. She, I don't know if there's any more paint in town, because she <laughs> went through a lot of it, um, but she also Chevelle sang the national anthem beginning uh, to to start the match. And, That's right. And a hell of a rendition of that too. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and I think we'd be remiss uh, if we also didn't talk about uh, kind of the Schmidt family effort uh, that kind of went into the whole weekend. Uh, members of our of our Curse family kind of banded together, and not just our Curse family, but the New Mexico soccer family. And and a big shout out to everybody who came together, created a bunch of armbands uh, to honor. Uh, Justin's father, who was unfortunately uh, killed in a car crash um, a few weeks ago, um, and a fundraiser, and we'll get to all of that a little bit later in the show, but just really great to see the community coming together for an important cause. Yeah, it was great to see. There was uh, almost 10,000 armbands that we created, yellow armbands for the fans uh, that, that were on the right arm yeah. for the match, and it was just great to see that unity between the community and the team and, and, an and absolute, the Schmitz. And an absolutely necessary, important shout-out to Steve Kramer. Uh, Steve, who was involved with the Schmidt family uh, from the time that they were young uh, in youth soccer, um, he purchased half of the uh, material, the fabric, for those armbands himself. Uh, didn't ask anything in return, just wanted to help and be part of it. So huge shout-out uh, to Steve Kramer. Tip of the cap. If I was wearing a cap, I would tip it to you. But uh, Steve, you're the man. All right, let's look ahead. We have a huge match coming up. Uh Big, probably one of the bigger matches of the year, a big rivalry match coming up. We will be playing at Phoenix in the U, uh, the Lamar Open Cup. US, yeah, the Lamar US. Open, U.S. Open Cup. So that's a big match coming up for us. Yeah, so we play a match on Saturday, and then we go to Phoenix, um, and that'll be a big match on, on Wednesday. Uh, I'm sorry, Sunday is that match. Sunday, yeah. Uh, and, then, yeah, and then we go to Phoenix on Tuesday. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a busy schedule, so we're away Sunday, away Tuesday, and away Saturday at Colorado Springs. Uh, so that's a, that's a crazy week. And uh, man, I uh, a lot of a lot of credit to the players. Hopefully, they can keep their minds right, stay focused, uh, and recover physically as well. So a lot of a lot of pressure, I think, on the training staff as well. So I'm getting a little. I think this is, might be a selfish statement I'm going to make, but I am not big on the U.S. Open Cup right now. But this might be because we're sitting top of the table. Mm. Top of the table doesn't matter right now. But it I doesn't hear matter you. right now. But I'd rather save the energy for that. 
and then for the for the the actual league to, to win the league. Yeah, sure, of course. That's I mean, always... these other ones are exhibition games, and they're great and they're fun. And if we get the chance to host an MLS team in Albuquerque, that would be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be, be so much fun. But winning a league title was not even an option. Remember, episode one, we are talking about how great it would be to get into the playoffs. Of course, and and that frankly, again, not getting ahead of ourselves, that should still be our goal. Uh, is is to be in the playoffs and to be competitive. Um, it's been so nice that we started off so well, but it's also important for us to point out that the Western Conference is so jam-packed. One win takes you from first where we are. I mean, one loss rather takes us from first where we are right now to, to easily sixth, six. seventh. So, you know, it, again, it's great to be where we are. Obviously, I'd rather be in first than anywhere else. But at this point in the season, we're, what, a third of the season in? It doesn't mean anything. And I think that's why I want to save... The effort. Yeah. Save the legs. Totally let's, agree. Let's save that for the league. I mean... If we can get out of Phoenix with a win, fantastic. Um, but if, if I'm coach, if I'm Coach Lesane, uh I try and rotate the squad a little bit um, for Phoenix. Obviously, he knows a hell of a lot better than you or I do. But, um, you know, we talked about how disappointed we were in the draw, and we've talked to our friends at Phoenix who were disappointed in the draw, too, for the U.S. Open Cup. Um, Not with each other. No, just, just no, with no, no, that, no. Like, these are two teams. We had a blast when we went to Phoenix before. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um but yeah, like you were about to say, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Um, it's uh, these are two teams that have a potential to pull an MLS upset, um, and the fact that they're playing each other means one of the two teams won't have that opportunity. At least one of them won't, which is a shame, in my opinion. Yes. So, uh, looks like Zach Prince is here. Yeah, let's get him in here. So the New Mexico United assistant coach Zach Prince, director of the high performance youth programming as well, is going to be joining us next segment. So stay tuned. We'll be right back on the first cast. Looking for a great place to catch Premier League, MLS, and USL games? Star Brothers Brewing is your family-friendly destination to catch all your favorite soccer matches. Star Brothers is also home to your official New Mexico United watch parties with a Curse Supporters Group. Get 15% off your ticket when you show your Curse membership card. Star Brothers Brewing is located at 700 San Antonio Drive in the Northeast Heights, just east of I-25 on San Antonio. You can find Star Brothers on Facebook or Instagram or visit starbrothersbrewing.com. And welcome back into the CurseCast. I'm Arjun Montano alongside David Carl. And as promised... Assistant Coach and Director of High Performance Youth Programming for New Mexico United, Zach Prince, joins the show. Zach, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks. And that second part of the title, the Director of the High Performance Programming, is is part of the reason we wanted to have you on this week. Uh, this was just announced two weeks ago now. Uh, for those who maybe aren't aware of it, haven't heard of it, what is the HPP? So the HPP program is uh, designed for all high-level uh, elite youth players in New Mexico. Um, we're having uh, 60 scholarship players come in, and uh, yeah, they're going to train in 10 different training sessions that leads up to uh, competitive events in 2020. So um, yeah, we're getting viewing sessions out there where we have 100 kids coming out to each viewing session 
to try to try to make uh, earn a scholarship into the program, and then once we once we get to those viewing sessions, then they'll start the training sessions in the program. And one of the things that uh, I thought was particularly cool when we first saw all of this announced, and actually we talked to Lucas Cash about this uh, when he was right. on the show. Uh, all of this completely free, is that right? That's right. That's right. There's zero cost to the program, and that's really important to us. That that's not a barrier for anybody. So if I'm if I'm a kid, I'm I'm a young soccer player, and, and I'm interested in, in potentially getting involved with this. Take me through the process. Uh, how does it work? Uh, am it, do I just sign up to try out? How does this whole thing go? So, yeah, that's what the viewing sessions are for. So right now we have limited spots left in the viewing sessions, and a couple of them are already uh, already all full. But we'll have additional viewing sessions. The three viewing sessions that we'll start with are June 2nd, June 9th, and June 30th. So 100, 100 people or 100 players are um, going to come out to each session. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you come out to that session, you get seen by the coaching staff, and they'll evaluate evaluate whether you're going to be able to be selected into the program or not. And, I mean, obviously the goal is to, to find some youth talent, um, you know, and, and, and kind of train them up and all of that. But I would imagine there's, there's more to it than that. I mean, again, we mentioned this is completely free. It, it seems like a really great opportunity for the kids themselves as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, these training sessions are uh, specifically designed to, for them to be able to compete against the most elite players in New Mexico. Um, so when they come in, um, they'll be put in age bands that are close to each other. Not necessarily, they won't be in, you know, 13-year-old won't play with just 13-year-olds. They might play with 14-year-olds or 15-year-olds, but they'll be close uh, close together. And and we're going to challenge these kids every day, technically and tactically. And uh, yeah, make sure make sure we're pushing them to another level um, of of youth soccer that they might not have right now. So, what are these events that you're talking about in 2020 that they're training for? What what type of competitive events are are we talking about? So, specific to the U13 program, uh, the USL is. Uh, has a uh, championship series that they're hosting in uh, May of 2020. Um, this event, 33 clubs are signed up to go and compete against each other, and we're one of those clubs that will compete in the U13 division. If you're not a, if you're not in the U13 division division, we are uh, you know putting together exhibitions against other USL championship clubs that that they'll be able to compete in. How you've got a busy job, Zach. That's right. How are you doing this in addition to being assistant coach for United? I mean, I would imagine that's that's a lot on your plate. It definitely is, but I mean, it's it's very important for us. It's it's super important that we take the time and we're diligent in in making sure that we get this program right from to give these these kids an opportunity that they don't have right now. And how important you, you briefly touched on this, but how important was it to make this accessible to every New Mexican regardless of income? I mean, that's I mean, that's top priority. Uh the fact that th- that finances isn't a barrier um, to be in our program is is the number one thing that Peter Troy and myself uh, discussed when we started when we were thinking about starting this program uh, to make sure that you know anyone uh, can be a part of it if they just if they're just seen in there and they have the the talent to be in the program. I gotta imagine uh, it's probably pretty rewarding. And I mean, I guess you'll find this out moving forward. But I mean, even in your, in your role as as an, a professional assistant coach, not even with regard to these these kids, but I would imagine it, it, it'd be cool to see maybe a kid come in at you know twelve years old and work his way up and and maybe sign a professional contract somewhere. I, I would imagine that would be a, a probably 
the primary goal and, and, a, and a pretty rewarding experience. Definitely, definitely a goal. Um, I mean, we would love uh, to have a kid from New Mexico that's living here right now eventually sign a professional contract. I mean, that that now that can be a goal for these kids that are going and coming and watching the games or watching on ESPN or just hearing about the team and seeing us out in the community. That can be a goal for these kids now. It's awesome. I see that you do have a a history with youth programming. Uh, So what's drawn you towards this? So that's that's where I started coaching, and that's where I got my first opportunity. And I was very lucky to get that opportunity in Portland, coaching in the Developmental Academy, and uh, ran ran some programming from them. And and it it helped me grow a lot as a coach. Um, Obviously, Troy has been one of my mentors over the over the years. But that job in Portland really really helped me. kind of find myself and find my voice as a coach uh, early on. Well, let's let's move a little bit away from the HPP, which is, uh, as we've discussed, uh, an awesome program. But let's talk a little bit about the first team. Let's talk about United. Definitely. Um, obviously a big win last week, uh, this past Sunday. What was the experience like? You walk out there uh, and you see 15,000-plus fans at, at Isotopes Park. Oh, it, was, it was awesome. Uh, super emotional, you know. Uh, with the with the Schmidt family and what they're going through, mm-hmm. and just to see the support for that family was was awesome. Um, but the the fans they were they were going crazy. Our our locker room is is right near the street, and we could we could hear you know setting up for the game. We could hear just people getting louder and louder as the game uh, got closer. And so it was it was something that I've I've never really experienced. Um, from start to finish, and I was I was really proud to be a part of it. And uh, Coach uh, Tro- Troy said after the game at the press conference, he said he had never experienced a soccer game that loud in his professional career. That's that's right. I mean, I I've played it some in some pretty big matches where you know Cincinnati had big crowds, but the the thing that impresses me so much about the New Mexican and Mexico United fans are they're so engaged every play, every big tackle, a bad call, what they think is a bad call. And, you know, every little detail they're they're so engaged in the game and that just makes it such, such a unique experience, uh, especially for soccer in America. So uh, you guys came out of that game. You started out really aggressive. Was that kind of something you wanted to do right away is just try to run kind of San Antonio down and try to tire him out for that second half? I mean, yeah, that's that's always a tactic that we I mean, we like to be on the front foot, that's for sure. Um, but, I mean, uh, I think Troy made some in-game adjustments that, that really, really uh, made a difference in, in the outcome of the game, and, and the players really applied that really well, really well this game. And, uh, yeah, I was super proud of the performance. And you mentioned uh, briefly, specifically with regard to the Schmidt family, Obviously, that's weighing heavy on everybody's heart. Did it provide a little extra incentive for for the guys? I mean, uh, we our culture is is pretty unique. It's not anything that I've really been a part of uh, as a player, and uh, yeah. So I think it was it there was a little bit more in for it uh, for the guys. Uh, I mean, we're we're a tight knit group, um, and so when something happens to one of us, you know, it it, it really gives them extra motivation for for all of our guys and to come out of there um obviously with a with a three no win i mean that's exciting uh one tactical change that um i noticed on on second watch that may have made a big difference uh was in the second half about 10 minutes in um 
Sub comes in and, and moves B's to the middle. He was on the right prior right, to that. Yeah. Um, do you think that allowed him to kind of drive forward more? Do you think that was uh, something that kind of freed you guys up a little more offensively? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, w- it was a good change. Uh, Bees is so good at finding space in between the lines, and then and then when space is in behind, he's so good at recognizing that and then getting on the end of that. So, uh, yeah, I think it definitely freed us up a little bit. Um, and uh, I-, I thought I thought he did well, did well out wide. But when he moved in the middle, I mean, it just re- really opened it up for us. And we got to see Brucey for the first time this year. That's right. Uh, he seemed pretty pumped to get out there and, and played really well. I mean, he, he made some real great opportunities along the side there. I mean, what did you see from him? I mean, what a tough kid. Yeah. Uh, Professional I mean, debut. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I'm so happy for him because I know he's he's uh, been waiting for it for a long time. Um, but the the cool thing about it is to see how big of a moment was for him and how he could still apply some of the things and recognize the stages of the game and what needed to be done in the game and apply that. Like, uh, you know, just being aggressive in in the right spots, uh, defensively pressing, and then also, you know, knowing when to, you know, balance out. And he he was just very, very impressive during during that time. So with Brucey and Weehan and all these guys before the season started, you guys had to put this roster together from scratch. Sure. So what what were you guys looking for? How did how did this all come together? Because you guys are sitting top of the table right now. I don't know if anyone expected that. So what 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 went into that? I mean, obviously, you're when you when you're going through the scouting process, um, we're looking we're looking for talent and uh, looking to to fill fill holes as we as we sign more and more players. But the biggest thing that Troy was, you know so keyed in on is making sure the personality was right for the team Mm -hmm. and if the personality was right for the team then you know it would be right for us so uh that that was such a major uh part of the scouting process for us and i mean is it something where you know we've talked about this with a couple of our guests but a lot of these guys were overlooked whether it be you know kavan in phoenix whether it be devin in atlanta um you know santi in bethlehem was this something where these guys have exceeded your expectations thus far, both as individuals and as a club? Because, again, these are guys that are overlooked. I'm sure you knew the talent was there, but credit to you guys on the coaching staff for bringing that out. Have they, have they exceeded your expectations, a lot of these guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think players have done very, very well, but I, all of us knew, we knew their talents coming into it. And so I, I don't know if we're necessarily surprised um, by where they are, but uh, definitely really happy for them to be getting a good start to the season and you know we just want them to put them in the right spot to so they can keep carrying on doing well for the rest of the year i want to talk a little bit about the back line too i mean obviously kavan and santi have gotten a lot of praise um you know they've each scored seven goals you know they they've distributed the ball well It's, it's been great they're fantastic but i want to talk a little bit about rashid i want to talk a little bit about Suggsy, and I want to talk about Schmidt, and I want to talk about Sam. I mean, Manny. These guys, I mean, they've settled in so nicely. And at the beginning of the season, we we it seemed that we had a little bit of trouble keeping the ball out of the net. But it seems like they've kind of come into their own over the last few matches. Have you noticed that as well? And and what do you attribute that to? Yeah, I mean, they definitely come together. Uh, Rashid's, you know, found his feet very early in the year and maybe played more minutes than maybe he even expected coming into it. Um, but that back line, every game, you could see steps that they were taking closer to getting, you know, less goals scored, shutouts, and more shutouts. Um, 
we've been we've been very very impressed by by their you know progress so far we still got some ways to go but uh i mean they've they've been awesome so far uh something david mentioned a little earlier how do you keep these guys from getting complacent uh there's such a great start it's It's, great question uh, you know, 15,000 fans at the games. Sure. There's just a lot of stuff in the community that they're out doing. But how do you keep them from getting full of themselves and buying into themselves a little too much? I mean, much? definitely. That's something that we, we talk about as a coaching staff a lot. And uh, it's it's something that, that goes back to, you know, scouting all these guys. They're not only are they great, you know, players, but they're, they're really good people. And so um, we hold them accountable, but they also hold themselves accountable every day and in training and then off the field as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's something that we, we, you know, push them on every day, but they're also pushing themselves and they, they, they know that, you know, we're early on in the season and we haven't really accomplished anything yet. So it's, uh, it's, it's time for us to keep going, you know, do you have those conversations with the players and let them know, you know, don't get me wrong. It's been a very exciting start to the season, but we're not even a third of the way through yet. I mean, do you have those conversations and tell them, I mean, we haven't won anything yet. Oh, definitely. It's, it's something that we all talk about and, and it's, it's very known that we, we really, I mean, we've, we've gotten a good, good start, but it's, it's time to keep pushing. It's, you know, put the pedal to the metal a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, to hit up a couple of the listener questions that we have for you, uh, just a brief history on you. You had a uh, 162 appearances with Charleston. That's right. Um, that's that's a pretty good career there too. It's a good tenure. Uh, you were also part of two championship winning teams. Uh, Jacob Terrell asks, "What was being part of those two ta- championship winning teams? What has that taught you?" Well, it taught me a ton because my first year, uh, my rookie season, we won the won the championship, and um, that was such a huge learning curve for me coming out of college and getting into the professional game. And so I I definitely learned so much from some of the veteran pros. Um, that year and that I carried on for myself uh, throughout my my seven year career, um, but yeah, I mean, being a part of those teams was was very important that we had the right culture and it goes back to that word that I keep talking about all the time and and those two teams were so tight knit and everyone knew their role on the team and uh, yeah, it was it was a great experience and uh, yeah, hope we can uh, push one on and get one here. So do you, uh, Jacob also asked, do you think that New Mexico United has what it takes to get there since you know what that level is? I mean, of course, that's our goal. But our goal right now is to, you know, go down in El Paso and get a result. So that's that's number one. And then uh, everything will follow after that. Now, jumping off of Jacob's question, and I'm not asking you to name names here, but were you ever part of a bad team? And what did you learn from that? Um, If so. So every 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 year, and I was fortunate enough to make the playoffs. But some some years, you know, my last year that that I played, we didn't host a playoff game. So it was it was a, it was a little bit a little bit less uh, than uh, than some of the better years. But yeah, I mean, you, you learn through. I mean, if you're a professional soccer player at any point, you learn to deal with adversity and and going into environments where you know you're going to go on the road and have to grind one out in maybe a place that's not the easiest place to play. Um, yeah, it's been, there's, there's a ton of stuff that I learned from, from those years where maybe we weren't getting the results at the right time and how to pull yourself out of that. I got another question here on Twitter from Ren. Uh, it's a two for one. Uh, first part is which player is the most coachable? And uh, second part is which under the radar player should we keep our eyes out for? 
uh, honestly, uh, and I know this is going to be not exciting, but uh, all the guys are so great. Um, all of them are very receptive, and it's it's you know a conversation with all of them, and they're they're really intrigued about how how to get better every day. So I can't I can't necessarily speak. Uh, pick out one specific person how about an under the radar player anybody who maybe we haven't seen too much of or you think is is gonna really surprise us i, I don't know about an under the radar player in general but i i, I i'm really excited i uh, hope uh you know ethan sampson hasn't gotten his ha, hasn't gotten his debut yet mm-hmm. really excited about him played for the vancouver whitecaps for for a few years and then played in the South uh, South African Premier League. I'm super excited about him getting his debut soon. Yeah, he's a, he's a big, strong, powerful man. I'm excited to see oh, him yeah. on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, Javier asks, uh, can you talk to us about what it's like to be in the locker rooms before a match? Kind of, you, you mentioned something. You could hear the party across the street going off this last match, but before a game, what, what's it like in the locker rooms? Yeah, well... Uh, Specific to here in the party, I'm I'm there a little bit before the players, so the music's not blaring and all that type of stuff. So I peek my head out and look what's going on across the street all the time and see you guys. Uh, Wishing so. you could have a beer with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's it's uh, so w- once the guys get there, you know, it's 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 pretty loose in the locker room, but at the same time, everyone's getting focused and getting dialed in, and they you know they take their time and we kind of honestly we kind of leave the players alone and go into our coach's office and you know talk about what's going on uh leading up to the match. Hey, Josh Lane, I think you've met him. Yes. Uh says, "Hey Zach, huge fan. Mm-hmm. Uh what's King George's favorite place in New Mexico so far?" So far. So King George is is a nickname for my dog okay, George. There we go. Um he's an 11-year-old boxer lab. Nice. He's uh he's awesome. But yeah, uh, we just actually went to Taos. Um, we had a couple of days off and went to Taos and went to Hotel Luna Mystica. I don't know if anyone, if you guys. No, I've been to Taos. I've not been specifically there though. Okay, it's like a, it's like a vintage trailer park. Okay, it's, it's awesome and it's right on the mountain. We, uh, yeah, me and my fiance went down there and we had a blast. So I would say that's probably George's uh, favorite spot so far. Nice. Uh, Steve Blatt. Uh, at sblatt37 on Twitter asks, um, I really like when New Mexico appears to be laying the groundwork for on the youth side. Uh, do you think that the pay-to-play system needs an overhaul and ultimately is it hurting the advancement and development of U.S. youth soccer? I mean, as far as an overhaul goes, um, yeah, it would be great if every player could play for free. I mean, there's no doubt about that and it'd be really hard to argue against that. Um, but what we can do right now is we can have more programming that is at no cost. And that's, that's what we can do. And that's what we're trying to do for these elite players in New Mexico right now. Um, so as far as the whole overhaul, um, yeah, that, that's, that's maybe a question for, you know, U.S. soccer. And uh, we're, we're just excited to do this no, no cost program right now that uh, has no financial barriers. All right, this one's from Jake on Twitter. He says, point, the wave is a distraction for a disinterested audience and or cute little kiddos. Counterpoint, the wave is fun. Discuss. Where do you fall in the wave debate? RJ and I have strong opinions on this. Very strong. Well, I'm interested to hear your opinion. <laughs> um, but honestly, for, for me as a coach, uh, if the wave's going, that means we're doing well. Mm. So if the wave's going, then I, I'm, I'm probably a pretty happy guy, so... 
I'm not, I'm not, I can't be against it. Fair enough. RJ. I hate the wave. <laughs> I also I knew, hate I knew the this wave. Was coming. I knew this was coming. <laughs> so I hate the wave with a caveat. Uh, I, I hate the wave. That's the most important thing. But, but the caveat, uh, is, um, the, the, the point that Jake made there. It's great for kids. I'm, I'm fine with the kids doing the wave, right. but if there's a game going on, I, I want to watch the game. I hear you. I'm just, yeah, it's just what like what this, happens this? to the wave once it gets to the curse? Yeah, it's kind of died most of the yeah, time. <laughs> Although I tried to oh, help here, Javi here, out here, last time. You did the wave this last game. To try and help Javi out. So Javi, I, I need to point this out. Javier called me over. He's a couple sections down. He's like, hey, man, we're trying to get the wave going. Uh, and every time we try and get the wave going, it dies of the curse. And I was like, yeah, I hate the wave. <laughs> he goes, but but we want to get it going one time. Can you help me out? And I said I'd help him out. So I did. I helped him out for one game. I uh, I went against my better judgment. Uh, but it, I, Javi's great. I love Javier. But uh, to your point, I mean, if the wave's going, that it's means good things are going good. So. Really good or really bad, right? <laughs> well, if, if, it's well, if it's going bad, bad people, are people are leaving, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, I think that's all the Twitter questions I've got. You got anything yeah, there, RJ? Anything else from Twitter? All right, so uh, we have a couple questions actually oh, yeah. on Facebook uh, about um, the Liverpool match. Uh, do you have? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so Zach is a Liverpool supporter. Zach, unfortunately, okay, that's what's going on. Yeah. here. so y- your thoughts? So uh, going into the game, we uh, we actually um, all of us talked about it. All the team was you know killing me about it, uh, but uh, yeah, I just. Once you saw them come out, it was right off the kickoff. The ball went backwards for uh, Barcelona, and you just saw a sea of red coming. And so you knew that they were they were up for it. And, uh, I mean, what was it? Six minutes and forty seconds in, they get the first one, and you knew you knew they were going to be under some pressure. And I mean, couldn't believe Allison making those big saves mm-hmm. kept them in the game and gave them a chance. And what a what a clever fourth goal it was. God, it was if I all right. So if I'm if I'm a Barcelona fan there, I'm furious at that goal. I mean, furious at my players for not paying attention. Sure, but also furious because I feel like it's kind of cheap. But if I'm a Liverpool fan, I'm thrilled at that goal. Obviously, because it's a goal. But all but in addition, my my guys are paying attention. My guys are taking advantage of opportunities. Um, unfortunately for me, I'm neither one of those. I'm an Arsenal fan, right. um, and hate myself for it. I did like the heads up play though. That's so, that was I'm, smart. I'm a so fan apparently, of none of them. So I like yeah, the for heads neutral. up play. So Brandon Morris, he told me today that. Uh, the guy that's in charge of the the ball boy uh, crew mm-hmm. told um, it was on the scouting report that they that they needed to get the ball back in play really quickly because maybe Barcelona doesn't you know pay attention after a call goes the wrong way and so the kid put the ball down really quickly. Wow! And so now they're talking about singing songs about this kid. And, <laughs> so. Is Lionel Messi a choke artist? Oh man. <sighs> <laughs> That's a tough one. No, no, not at all. He's one uh, of the greatest players of all yeah, time. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's the best. For me, he's the best uh, all time. Uh, I love the guy. I love watching him play. Just maybe not when he's playing Liverpool. Yeah, that's fair. I uh, I was in. I, I work in the legal field, so I was in court uh, when this was going on, um, and I, I knew the match was starting right about when I went into court. And I had said to a few of my uh, friends who are who are Liverpool supporters, like, "Well, you guys are down three 0 you don't have Salah, you don't have Firmino, you're done. And then I get out of court a few hours later, and they've won 4-0. What the hell happened? I texted a few of my friends, like, what the hell? I couldn't believe it. Culture, Dave. Yeah. yeah, Culture. Yeah, all right. Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, I think that's all the questions we've got for you, Zach. Is there anything you want to tell New Mexico United Nation, tell the supporters, uh, tell the the fans as we're moving into a, a weekend of, of three big away matches. That's right. Uh, 
No, I mean, it's, first of all, just coming to New Mexico, it's been amazing. Just the people in New Mexico have been so uh, welcoming with open arms and such nice people. And uh, I want to thank everyone for that. And I mean, the support has been crazy. Uh, Like we've talked about, haven't been in an environment like this in America and uh, in the USL. And I'm so excited to be a part of it. All right, Zach, thank you for uh, for joining us. We really appreciate you spending some time with us and get, letting us get to know you and, and everything like that. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, we won't see you for uh, for a little while. You're going to be yeah. on the road a lot. We'll be at a couple of those matches, but best of luck to you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right, you're listening to the Curse Cast. We'll be right back on the other side with another fun game for charity and the good, bad, and the ugly. Stay tuned. Mexico United Soccer. More than a team, this is a family. We wanted so badly, so desperately to do this for Justin and his family and to honor his dad, and we honored him in the best way possible. You better not be the one to doubt us. We had to Because we can blow your mind. What a win with the goalie. We had, and it's 3 now. We can blow your mind. New Mexico United Soccer on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. We can blow your mind. And welcome back into the Curse Cast. I am David Carl, joined by my co-host RJ Montano. RJ, how you living? I'm living good, man. I I still hate the wave. <laughs> yeah, we're in agreement on that. We're in agreement on that. But again, as we mentioned with Zach there, I I, I hate the wave as well. But you know, I, you know, I feel like Javi's a good guy. I feel like what I feel like I'm going through what you are going through over the weekend, which is because. I agreed with what what Zach just said. Uh-huh. Like if, if it's happening, things are going good. And it's you're it. right. Yeah, it you is. know. Again, I, I want to focus on the match. I mean, which is tough for me sometimes because I'm capoing anyway. But uh, you know what? If it makes people happy, that's what it's about. It, it makes you happy. It can't be that bad. I still hate the wave. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's let's get away from things you hate and get to something else that you hate, which is uh, these games, um, because you always lose them. Hey, I won my last one. You beat who did you? I beat, beat Manny. You beat Manny. I, beat, I skunked Manny. Poor Manny. Jeez. You know, though, we he love had, you, Manny. He, he's had an amazing season since that game. Yeah. So. How many goals? I mean, I mean, how how well have you played defensively on the pitch? Huh? Yeah. Huh? I have not. Yeah. You have. So, take that. I, I take my game win. All right. Anyway, uh, so this one we're gonna call truth or nah, um, and uh, the way it works is that Archie's gonna put some fancy bed music behind this, um, and we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna say a couple things that may be true and may not be true. They are all soccer related. And RJ, I'm going to give you five, and if you get three of them right, the curse will donate fifty dollars to the charity of your choice, which is this week. I am playing for the Zia Youth Soccer League, which is an incredible five hundred one c here in Albuquerque. Uh, their mission is to provide an atmosphere where kids and families can learn and love the game, and I feel like I fall right into that. I'm, I'm learning as I go, so. That's great. It's a good charity. And if you fail to get three out of five, then the money will go to my charity, which is Casa Q, which provides housing to at-risk LGBTQ youth here in New Mexico, a very worthy cause. Both of those very worthy causes as well. So uh, if you're ready, RJ, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's Hit get the music. The, let's get this rolling. <laughs> Hit the music. The guy who edits this, who is RJ? All right. So your first true or nah. You ready? 
Ready. David Estrada leads the USL in passes this year. True or not? That is it. I'm going to say nah. That's correct. The leader in the USL in passes this year is actually Juan Guzman with 536 passes this year. I thought I could get you because I thought you would say true because it's a United it's player. Local, and, yeah. yeah, you did get me there, but I don't know why. No, I just did. It's Juan. So 536 passes here leads the USL. All right, you're one for one. You need Five, to get four, three, two, Juan. That's right. You need to get two out of the next four. You ready? Ready. The youngest player in the Premier League ever played for Fulham this year. True or not? True. Damn, you're two for two. His name is Harvey Elliott. And he is 16 years old and 30 days. 16 and 30 days. In the Premier League, the English Premier League. That's insane. That is nuts. Yeah. Played just a couple, I think just last week, if I remember right. Yeah, that's that's insane. When I was 16, I was in high school. I was not playing in the Premier League. I was playing for my high school team. Not nearly anywhere near that level. Um, that's crazy. Man, I was trying to pass biology back then. I don't <laughs> There's no way I'm playing Premier or, or any professional sport especially at that level yeah no but good on harvey elliott and best of luck to him um all right so you're two for two you need to get one out of the next three this is uncharted territory yeah stop stop doing well stop it all right number three the most expensive transfer in professional soccer history was neymar to monaco i'm gonna say true that is false <laughs> you're two for three it was Neymar, but it was Neymar to Barcelona. Oh, you, you not, you, ah, uh, yeah. I, I think, knew, I knew it was Neymar just because of sports yeah. and, and, and stuff. I didn't know which exact team, but I figured. I don't remember it off the top of my head, and I don't feel like googling it. But I think it was, I think it was like 196 million dollars. That's just the transfer fee. That's well, not that's dollars, nice. but euro. Uh, that's insane. Yeah, that's that is insane. nuts. I knew it was Neymar. But. Yeah. All right, uh, number four. The most. The, excuse me, the club, the USL club with the most championships is Louisville City. True or false? True or not? Nah. nah. It's true. Oh, no. They have two. They are tied with Orlando City. Both of those have two. So uh, that one's incorrect. You are two. Tampa, does Tampa have two? Uh, I don't think so. They have two stars on their logo. That's what I thought they did. Oh, maybe. Hold on. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look it up. I'm looking it up. Tampa. No, Tampa has zero oh, championships. Get those stars off your logo, Tampa. What are, what's wrong with you? Damn. Coming at them. Coming at your rowdies. All right. So you are two for four. It all comes down to this. The fifth question. You ready? Game five. Let's go. That's right. Five game series. All right. True or nah, there were eight teams when the USL started. True. It's false. Oh, you there, got me. There were nine teams. You started off like a bat out of hell. And then I just RJ'd the rest of the game. You RJ'd the rest of the game. The rest of the game. So two out of five. That means that $50 will be going from the curse to Casa Q. A very worthy cause. Very worthy cause. Congratulations. And Zia Soccer League, we'll get you in here at some point. Zia, I'll win for you. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you'll ever win. Maybe Someone I'll Someone will do win it. for you. Yeah. Maybe we'll do it where, like, if you lose, then they get the money because that's more likely. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, Casa Q, congratulations. $50 coming your way on behalf of the curse. Um, so, so that Neymar transfer, that was just a couple years for ago. his rights. Yeah, yeah. So that wasn't his that's just, pay. That's what I'm saying. It was just the signing. That's I mean, that incredible. that was just the signing fee. Yeah, that's what they bought him for. Yeah, it's that's the thing. Like, and, and and you know, we've talked about a little bit. You know, you're just getting into the world of soccer. It's not like baseball or football or any of these other sports where you you um, you typically just kind of 
trade for a player. You can there the trades do happen. They're not nearly as common. Uh, but the the most common thing is you buy a player from another team. You pay the the other team an amount of money for the rights to the player, and then on top of that, you pay the player. So it's it's kind of crazy. That is awesome. That's something it's awesome cool for the that, players. Well, for the players, yeah. <laughs> but it's something that you don't even uh, American fans. I don't think know. Yeah. Or I guess American fans like myself. Wouldn't be used to anyway. Yeah, that's incredible. Could you imagine? If they had to pay. So if, I'm, a, I'm a Phillies if the fan. the Phillies had to pay the Nationals for Bryce Harper. I wouldn't like that That pay much. would have been like six, seven bucks. <laughs> very, very good. Very good. Uh, <laughs> uh, for those of you wondering, RJ does not like Bryce Harper because he's a, he's a uh, bitter old bitch. But um, let's get Harper into. Harper is. Yeah, you're no, right. No, <laughs> no. Let's get into the good, the bad, the ugly. RJ, uh, we talked about this ahead of time. Another one of us had a bad this week. We have a good, we have an ugly, so we're going to do the good, the good, the ugly. And as always, we start with the ugly first, so we end on a good note. Do you want to start? Go with your ugly? I will go with my ugly first. Uh, my ugly is club-sponsored supporters groups, and you know, you know who they are. Uh, they show up with, uh, with their name and their uh, crappy logos and their crappy graphics on social media, then all of a sudden they got a new name, they step up with their... A little bit of a step up with their graphics and their social media posts are a little bit better than before, but <laughs> get out of here, you, you teams with the club-sponsored supporters groups. Here, here's the thing. They, they couldn't afford tickets to the game earlier this season. All of a sudden, they're buying TIFO. Mm. Get out of here. Get out of here. Are you subtweeting somebody? I am subtweeting somebody. Subtweeting pretty hard there. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, ugly goes perfectly hand-in-hand hand <laughs> with who I'm talking about, so... Well, you know what? You're a club sponsor supporters group. Get over yourselves. There you go. You're our little sisters. There you go. My ugly um, is uh, something we talked a little bit about with Zach, um, and it's something that hasn't happened. It's just in the back of my head because I worry about things, and it's complacency and getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, we talked about this, you and I. Zach talked about this a little bit. We have not won anything yet. I cannot stress this enough. It's been a great start to the season. You know, It's great to be at the top of the table. It's where we'd like to be. But we could drop points at any point in the season and immediately fall. And the minute that we start believing that we're hot shit, that we've accomplished something a third of the way into the season, that's when things get dangerous. We need to continue to keep our foot on the pedal throughout the season. You can't win a championship at this point, but you can lose one. And complacency and getting full of yourselves... I, I sure as hell hope that wouldn't happen with our players. I think we've got a lot of smart players and a lot of seasoned vets um, and, and guys who won't let that happen. Uh, it's just something that I worry about. And, and, and again, maybe I'm worrying over nothing. I sure, certainly hope I am. I don't think you are because you and I have been that uh, 19, 20, 24-year-old dude who maybe have you know did something right and we got full of ourselves with our, our little thing that we did. Sure. So these guys are playing professional soccer in front of 15,000 fans. It's easy to see. Don't smell it's yourself. It's easy to see that you could become kind of complacent or, or falling in love with yourself. So yeah, I agree with you. That's that's something that we're going to try to uh, try to avoid and that's something that uh Zach and, and Troy and the guys are just going to Mike have to, and Brandon and, and all them, yeah. They're going to have to try to keep that in control and, and that's kind of a task for them to do right now. Yeah. And again, I, and I, this is not uh, a nitpick. I mean, there's no indication that the, that the players on the club None have done all. that. I mean, they are they are from what I've been able to gather, all these guys are are focused, uh like laser focused and 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 they are they are all in for the team and for each other. And again, there's been no indication that they're like that. It's just something that that comes to my mind and I worry about it again. Hopefully, hopefully for no reason. I hope. Yeah, hopefully that, that you're right. Hopefully. All right, let's get to our first good. I'll lead this one off. Um, something I really enjoyed uh, during our tailgate that we talked about earlier. We had a, 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 a new friend that drove all the way from San Antonio from this net for this match. His name was Michael Check. 
Really great guy. Got to meet him. Uh, he came out to our fundraiser at Starbrother on Saturday prior to the match, and then he came out to the tailgate on Sunday, uh, brought a case of Alamo beer, two cases of Alamo beer. Um, really, really nice guy. Uh, super friendly. Just wanted to come and support the team, um, see what was going on here in New Mexico. Michael, we loved having you on, having you having you at the tailgate, and, and we appreciate you coming and, one, supporting the Schmidt family, and, and two, just coming out and having a good time with us. So cheers to you, Mike. Yeah, Mike, it was great meeting you, great talking with you. It was a lot of fun getting to know fans from the other teams, especially when it, it's like, you know, it was, it was in. It was for fun. It, yeah. There's no, what do you mean, we're rivals for the 90 minutes of the match, but great friends after that, and uh, absolutely loved that he, he wore one of the armbands, too. That was really cool. Class move, class move. All right, what's your good, your first good? My first good is the showing from the New Mexico United fans at the Cinco de Mayo game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was incredible. The fans were on their best behavior throughout, Sure, uh, but they really showed out, too. You could feel the pride in Cinco de Mayo. You could feel the pride in the state and, and the heritage and, and stuff like that, and having the, the tailgate just with the, the tacos and all this, the, the bands. We had the mariachi bands out there, and we had some salsa dancers out there, uh, just a lot of fun and just everyone came together and it was just a big festive day without any drama, without, you know, it was fun. Yeah. We had a great time. Chevelle Shepard. How (laughs) cool was that? That was so cool. She's hanging out in the tailgate lot with us and being loud and proud with us and wearing the, the, the curse scarf. She's a proud New Mexican. Very proud New Mexican. And then the, uh, Oh, this is the name slips me, but the artist that sang before. Oh, she was amazing. Amazing. (sighs) Hold on, I need to look she, her name up. She uh, sang Salito Lindo, and she had another song, and it was incredible. I mean, she really, the, I think the best part of this was, well, she was singing Salito Lindo. Almost the entire supporter section was singing along with her. That was and so they cool. were passionate about it. They were singing with it, and people's eyes were closed while they were singing. So one fantastic, fantastic night. Yeah, it was uh, Jessica Rojas. She yes. was amazing. Uh, she was just so good. And I, I've got the video up in front of me right now. And uh, when she first started singing, I, I thought it was a recording. She was just so was impressive. Perfect. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, both her and, and Chevelle Shepard, it was, yeah, United brought out the big guns when it came to vocals uh, this past week. So, yeah. So, thank you to United also for bringing both of those artists out. And I hope we get to see both of them again soon. They were fantastic. Absolutely. All right. Let's, uh, let's close it out with your, with your last good, your second good. My second good is also United fans again, but for the outpouring of support that uh, fans have shown towards the Schmidt family, um, we had that great uh, outing at, at Starbros where we had the fundraiser and we collected a lot of funds for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, just listening to people's stories, people who have known the Schmitz, known Justin, and, and them coming up to the table and talking to us about them and, and filling out their, or, or drawing on their, their armbands and talking to this. It was, it was really heartwarming and it made, it made me f- you know, feel like I'm a lot closer to Justin because we were able to have that fundraiser. And there was one family in particular who uh, showed up and um, very emotional. They had four or five kids that were making their armbands, and, and the wife was talking to us about how uh, Jonathan Schmidt uh, married them. Mm-hmm. He was a pastor, or, or a, yeah, pastor, and he 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 performed the services and was kind of a uh, uh, a mentor to the husband. And it was just really neat to hear the story and and you know the heartfelt stories that were coming out of there so that's that's my good too is just the way people came together for the schmidt family yeah we're sharing on the good there i mean mine was what i specifically wrote was the fundraising for the schmidt family but more importantly than that is, is what you got to is is the soccer community coming to get coming together it wasn't just the curse it was the entire as as our friend heather star from star brother says it was the soccer village it was 
The Curse. It was Star Brothers. It was the youth soccer community. It was United. Daniel Bruce came out to our fundraiser at Star Brothers to, to, to help out and show his support there. It was, it was everybody coming together and not just donating funds, but again, as you said, sharing those stories and, and showing that there are some things that are more important than the game, that we come together as a community um, and we help one of our own when, when he needs us. And that's what we did, um, all of us, not just the curse, everyone. Um, and we raised more than $2,200 for the Schmidt family. Um, we hope that that will help. Um, and, and, you know, to that end, you know, if you check the GoFundMe, I haven't checked in a few days, but it's, it's over $26,000 uh, last time I checked. And I'm sure it's more than that now. So this is, I mean, this is just the community rallying around something important. Um, one, of our, one of our own is hit and, and we're all there to hit back. Um, and it was, it's, I get emotional talking about it. It's important and, and it's, it's inspiring to see that come together. So inspiring is a great word. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it was. And just to see people who are showing up in their old Argonauts shirts, the youth team that Justin played for just to, to show up and and tell us their story about a time Justin did something and, and, and star bros for, for donating as much as they did to us. They're so generous for this uh, fundraiser too that was incredible they, they gave up 15 percent of their sales for the for the whole day um and i think donated a little bit more than that even um and ink theory uh with our t-shirt printing they they uh, were willing to give us five dollars for every one of the the schmitty uh t-shirts that we got printed i mean these are uh, they didn't have to do this nobody had to do this the individuals in the community didn't have to do this but they did they chose to to step up and it was is great so again uh just heartwarming to see New Mexico step up. So you guys are the good and the good for this week. Yep, the good and the good. Um, all right. I think uh, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, you want to go into – we haven't done this in a few weeks, but you want to do maybe a prediction for the uh, the match on Sunday? The match on Sunday, New Mexico United wins easy. Yeah. It's – I uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's gonna be a three 0 win. I and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. And I just talked about uh, getting ahead of ourselves, but uh, I I like the way the guys are playing right now. I think if they keep their foot on the pedal, um, there's and and the, the defense continues to improve as it has. I think that's really the key here. We know we've had offensive firepower throughout the season, and that's important. Obviously, that's kind of our style. But if we can continue to improve defensively, I think that. Uh, Oof, the sky's the limit at that point. Um, and so I'm I'm confident in our guys, and I say we come out with a, a 3-0 win. You know what? I'm going to go with you. 3-0. 3-0. I don't think... We'll uh, be there. I don't think Cody's going to give up anything. I'd love week. to see him he's, get another clean sheet. He's going to be fired up this week. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's thank a couple of our people. Like we mentioned already, Star Bros Brewing, uh, the official home of the Curse Viewing Parties, 5700 San Antonio Drive. Uh, thank you guys so much for what you did for us on this f- fundraiser this past weekend. Uh, so our hearts go out to you guys. You guys are, are amazing. Uh, Rio Bravo Brewing, 1912 2nd Street, I-40 and 2nd Street. So that's uh, another great viewing party. If you're looking for somewhere, if you're not making the trip this weekend or next weekend, mm-hmm. got a couple road trips coming up, great places to stop by. Uh, if you're up in Santa Fe, Boxcar, 530 South Guadalupe Street. So Santa Fe, show up to Boxcar. We had an amazing time there, The one, the, our first match. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we got a new place, David. We got two new places. We got two new places. So which one are you going with first? Uh, let's go with Moriarty. Yeah, we got Buttercrust Pizza. Uh, we just got that locked up this week. We're very excited, and they're going to start showing all of the away games there. Um, great folks there. Had a great conversation with them, and they are pumped to get those watch parties going. So 2015 Route 66. So head over to the Butter... Buttercrust, that sounds so good. I'm really hungry right now, too. Mm. Buttercrust Pizza in Moriarty. And then we are going to kick off this trip starting on Sunday. We're uh, we're 
caravanning down to Las Cruces yep. to go to Bosque Brewing in Las Cruces, 901 East University Avenue. David, we're going to have a fun time there. We are going to have a blast there. Uh, any New Mexico United fan is welcome to join us, whether you're from Farmington, Las Cruces, or anywhere in between. We invite you to join us. We'll have our kickoff party there uh, from noon to 3. Uh, that'll be on Sunday. And then from that point on, uh, they will be showing all of the United matches, including the Sunday's match. So if for some reason maybe you're in Las Cruces and you can't make it down to El Paso uh, for the match. El Paso. <laughs> you can't make it down there. Uh, feel free to, to join them at, at Bosque Brewing. They're going to be showing all the United matches from here on out. Um, and we're excited to have them on board. It's, it's pretty great. Uh, we also like to thank uh, the Beautiful Game Network. There's hopes to several MLS Premier and USL podcasts. Woo. We are one of those podcasts, probably one of the better ones. <laughs> I mean, two of the best broadcasters in the business right here. Hey, We'd also like to thank ESPN Radio 1017, the team, your home for Lobo Baseball, Dodger Baseball, and now your flagship station for New Mexico United Soccer. We'd also like to thank the Noms for their great music. Thank yeah. you to the Noms. Love the Noms. They're great local guys. We love them. Great love music. Them. All right. All right, David. One hell of a couple weeks. Yeah, we've got an exciting week of football coming up. By the time we uh, we talk again, we'll be three more matches down. That's crazy to think about. At least three points too, right? I hope so. I certainly hope so. Let's hope we get uh, six points in the league and uh, move forward in the U.S. Open Cup, right? Let's do it. All right. All right, David. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Curse Cast. It's almost who needs. We are united. Screen said how his good looks and his groovy beats are gonna help you move your beats in here. La da 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 da